when you get a, a scholarship to play division one football is they don't just also pay for your school, but they also give you like a, a $1,200 check like every single month to like live and eat and things like that. Plus they give like meal plans and programs. So you like, they're already paying for your yeah. food. And on top of that, like you get, you know, if you're poor, like I was like, you get the Pell Grant, ASFA, things like that. So yeah. that's like an extra, you know, four grand every semester. So you were banking. And- <laughs> so that's the problem with, uh, with the way the education system is set up and why I am so passionate as well is because yeah. I do the math and I could have walked away out of school with like 60 K in my bank account. 60K, like legitimately, I could have had that much money within all of the money that I, I had, could have made, but I ended up walking away with essentially like being in debt. This is Better Well with Caleb Williams. Hey everyone, my name is Caleb Williams and welcome to another Better Wealth Live in today's episode, we have a super, super special guest, the newest face, and and many would say the most attractive face of, of Better Wealth, uh, Dominic Rufrin. Dude, thank you so much for being in the studio. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. This is a blast. Um, anytime I get to be here and then chop it up with you and uh, <laughs> get, a, get to just dive into this, is just so much fun, man. I'm excited to be here. So it's it's crazy world. Um, I know Mariah has gotten so much love. She's super well-loved. She's actually more well-loved than I am. So I'm, I know we're going to get some people that are like, Hey, where's Mariah? So the bar's set, my friend, I'm just saying like it, it's set. But the reason for the show is I want to be intentional breaking down your story, how we met. I think it's, I, I think it's a, a testament to what we're doing at better wealth, who we're trying to attract and just your journey that you're on. So I want to, I want to do that. And then, man, I remember the first time that we sat down at, at Starbucks and really got to know each other. I heard something about your story. It's remarkable, man. And so I just I I want this time to be a time where we just break down your story so that um the Better Wealth Nation knows, that future people that get to meet with you know, um that pe- the people that resonate with your story can follow you on social media and and we're there's just a lot of cool things that we're doing here at Better Wealth and um it's it makes me smile when I get to see that like we get to do life with people like you. Um so I just want to say that uh this is if you have any questions for Dom, this is, we're actually recording this live. And so it would be amazing if you are watching this on YouTube or on Facebook to comment and we, it, we'll see if we have time, we'll, we'll get some questions, some random questions from the audience. So that'd be great. Um, and also if you have any questions, like we we're constantly wanting to just raise the bar. And so if you have, you know, if you have questions that you want to come on live, if you have questions about the end asset, if you have questions about the assessment, if you have questions about paying off debt efficiency, like you name it, um, ask it. And, uh, we're just constantly trying to, um, be as valuable as possible. And Mariah already says, um, we're looking good and, uh, she wishes us the best. So thank you, Mariah for watching. Um, okay. So, so first of all, why don't we just let's, let's paint the picture of how we met and I'll just, I'll just make this really quick. Cause I want to get into your story, but I, about a year ago, was it about a year ago? Close. Yeah. Okay. So about a year ago, we, um, I was invited with Aaron to a, like a networking event in Boulder. Okay. So we end up going, ironically, the guy that, you know, connected us and invited us didn't even show up. So I'm like going to Boulder. I have an address, know nothing, know absolutely nothing about this event. I get to the gate. I'm like the guy with the Tesla. That's like clueless. I'm like, I don't know the code because I was never really fully invited to this event. And so I'm just sitting here. There's another car that pulls up. 
and I'm just like sitting there like an idiot, just like I don't I don't know what to do. And then you get out, you're like, hey, dude, sit, sit, like do the pin. I'm like, what's the pin? <laughs> and and so finally, so after that awkward, uh, you know, meeting, I, I opened the gate, and then we we kind of connected. And then at the at the event, it, I mean, it was it was a strange event. Very strange. It was it was not the greatest uh, <laughs> event of all time. But we connect, and we just like super casual. I think I ask you like, oh, what do you do? And you were, do you remember what you said? I think it was something along the lines like, oh, I sell life insurance, something like that. And I'm like, oh, interesting. I'm like, I know a thing <laughs> or two about life insurance. And I just totally, I was like, I, I just asked you some questions. Um, and I think, what did I do that like made you interested in, in like wanting to get to know me better? I, I think it had to do with like your personality and your, your charisma, right? I mean, you had this, this super soft voice, this big smile, like your energy was very outgoing. And I was just like, man, there's anybody I want to like connect with after this event. Like it's definitely Caleb. Awesome. It w it was not my muscles because if you're watching <laughs> this, there's there's a difference. And uh, the cool thing is my muscle mass will be increasing uh, since you're on the team. I'm 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 excited to be working out and doing that. But anyways, so we we then um, we we connected. We this this event this business event turned into a game night on like this like crazy clue game. Like I don't even. It was nuts. It was like, what is going on here? But we were like this whole, like everyone was getting together and we were playing Clue. And then this guy, this joker over here goes, and it's like 9 p.m. at night. Nothing's going on in his world, okay? But he's like, hey guys, I got a, I got a, uh, I got something I got to go to. It was nice to meet you. And he bails. And here I'm stuck on the couch thinking, I like that. Like, dude, like, <laughs> I wish I had the guts to go to just leave like I, that's i wanted to do that i just was too nice so i i mean i stuck around for another hour and a half um you know thinking i was you know leaving and so, then even at that time like even before i met you and i started learning a lot of your principles i understood opportunity cost very very quickly and i yeah. was like if i stay here my brain cells are losing so <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna get out of here and uh, improve my life improve my quality of life and be intentional and say sorry guys i gotta go so so i do have a, a video that i did on the impact of networking i highly 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 recommend it and it's it's an example of even at an uh an event that wasn't necessarily the greatest that's where we met mm. and then i don't know exactly what happened but we then met at starbucks that's when you shared with me your story that's when i actually shared with you like i shared with you my book and I, I think that's what kind of got you started on this whole like, wow, there potentially could be a better way. And like, what is better wealth all about? So what I want to do is you are have a remarkable comeback story. And so I want I want to take us back to Starbucks. We sit down. I don't think you got coffee because you don't drink coffee. I got some probably girly Frappuccino drink, if I remember correctly. And I want us to take back what how do we open that up i'm trying to remember it was just like i usually open when i sit across and i just want to know people's stories so i think so i sat down with you and i'm like okay dom i want to i want to know your story um there's a lot of interesting things about you and i you know like nfl football you know into personal development you're into business you're always on i'm more interested about your story because that tells me a whole lot more so to the audience, um, why don't you just share your story? I'll butt in, and and then I think let's let's take it from that coffee shop to why you're in the studio, the newest member of Better Wealth. Yeah, most definitely. And you know, when we sat down that day and coffee, the two things that really attracted me the most to you, which is why I continue to 
you know, kept up with you and what you were doing was one, was you challenged me, right? You just weren't afraid to tell me how it was. And if I had an idea, you weren't going to specifically say, hey, this is it, but you would ask questions. So then I would go out and like maybe dive into it myself, right? And the second thing was was that you were a man of faith, right? When I found out that you were a Christian, that you, you know, devoted your life to Christ, like that was super attractive to me because I'm drawn to those types of people because I am a believer and I gave my life to Christ when I was 18. That's like a huge part of my story, right? Mm -hmm. So those are the two main things that I was like, you know what? This kid may be younger than me. <laughs> this kid may be, you know, better looking than me. Like 50 so pounds lighter <laughs> than me, but you know. <laughs> he, he drinks his fufu coffee drink. So so what? Uh, but you know, there's something about this guy that is super unique. Like he's just a passion. And I was like, he's a speaker, a book, writes, has a book written, you know, podcast, all this thing. I was like, you know, this is super attractive. And that's all I ever wanted to be a part of was something super attractive my entire life of like, starting something from scratch that was just like wow there's so much potential and i always say it to this day i was like that day when we talked i was like yeah you guys are definitely going to be the facebook of you know finance right and so i was like you know, there's nothing more than i'd want to be part of something like that right so to bring it back you know it's back to your question um the conversation that we had about my life i think it, we started getting real in depth about you know, my struggles with, with football and where, I, you know, my mindset was at and then how I made the transition from football into the real world. Right. And that was just the biggest thing for me. My license, I was two years old was football. That's all I ever knew. Like, that's all I ever wanted to do. I wanted to play in the NFL, watch Monday night football with my dad, do pushups. Like that was it. Football was everything that I desired and nobody was going to tell me anything differently. And so like how you're super passionate about finance and how you're super passionate about changing the world through, you know, better wealth. Like that was me through football. Like I wanted to have this platform to where I could get my mom out, you know, cause I grew up super poor. Like I grew up trailer park, food stamps, welfare, like food, like the whole ordeal. My my mom, you know, she hardly ever worked. My dad, he was always in, you know, construction and roofing and not bringing a home a ton of money. You know, my dad still this day tells me, he says, you know what? We were so poor that I didn't even realize we were poor. Wow. Like he, that's wow. how, that's how poor we were. We just like, I still remember we, ha I have, uh, you know, two sisters and two brothers, We ha three, my two brothers and I, we shared one little tiny room. That's about half the size of the studio. Wow, right? wow. We, had, we had a bunk bed. Yeah, literally, literally half the size. We had a bunk bed that sat here and a little TV where we watched Disney movies every night. And that was that was our room. My sister had a room and then my mom and dad, they had a room. And in that bathroom, we had this huge hole that was just like sitting right there that we just had no money to fix. And these are just the things that I grew up with that felt normal. Right. And I didn't realize anything or know anything about money because my parents were, you know, in debt. You know, they always fought about money. You know, my parents, they are split up now. A lot of it has to do because of this concept. So for me, it's like super, you know, hit homes hard to me. Like it's it's right in my heart because if for one thing that I don't ever want for people to experience a lack of quality of life because of money. Yeah. There's so many other issues in this world that people, you know, have to deal with and money should not be one of them, right? Because it is a, it's a simple, it's a simple thing, but hard to grasp, right? Yeah. If we can understand the principles and become, you know, part of our life, you know, a lot of, a lot more people will be a lot happier. And that's why I love better wealth in general, because it's teaching people to be intentional about their life. And money is one thing, but what you can do with money as a tool will help improve your quality of life, which will make you a happier person. And happiness is honestly the number one thing we should strive for. And by being happy, um, you will add more value back to the world with if it's either your garbage man, McDonald's, it doesn't really matter what it is, you know, CEO, if you are happy, 
at home and happy within your work, this whole entire world will just be a completely different world. So that's why I just love the mission that, you know, at Better Wealth, it's, it's what it's, you know, what it stands for. Um, so bringing it back, you know, that was my whole mission is like, I want to play football. I want to go to the NFL so I can change the dynamic future, the future of my family. Um, so I ended up going to the university of Wyoming. Um, I played there, had a very successful, so you were an all-star in high school. Like, did you, you dominated? Yeah. So, so in high school, uh, it's funny cause our team was, was ultimately trash. We were, we were bad the first three years. <laughs> We won one game in three years. No way. Is essentially what happened, right? We won one game in three years. My senior year, I decided to take everything to another level. Like I started lifting harder. I started training harder, like in the gym by myself, day in and day out, like seven days a week. Like I just put in the work. And that year, my senior year, like I gained 20 pounds, was just became a beast ultimately. The coach put the ball in my hands every single play. Yeah, like, I would I, too. <laughs> at, at that point, um, you know, I was like, I'm one division one scholarship, so I, I'm going to do whatever it takes. And we ended up winning like seven games that year. We went to the playoffs. We won our first playoff game in 55 years. Um, oh, wow. I, I, yeah. I so was, I'm going to put Jason and Mariah on the spot. If you can't do it now, that's fine. But in, in the comments or in the description, we're going to put your high school highlights and college highlights. You're a beast, my friend. Yeah, so it, it was nuts. There's an actual highlight tape on YouTube. Like if you type in my name and type in a uh, highlight tape or whatever, um, I'm pretty sure you can find the high school highlight tape. Uh, you will find glimpses of highlights of college, but there's not like an actual highlight tape like there is of high school. So yeah, I mean, you would be able to definitely. Yeah, find you were running back, quarterback, wide receiver. All like, in all in high school, did everything. It's like right? a good thing if Dom can get the ball. <laughs> <laughs> good things happen when you have the ball in your hands. Oh man! All right, so so you you. Um, played well in high school would you have gotten to call it like could you have played college ball if you didn't have that last year that senior year of I would have played college ball but it wouldn't have been at the highest level right okay. I could have went to like a division two or a smaller school or something like that it would have been just fine but I wouldn't have had the same platform if I wouldn't have had that senior year and did you get a scholarship to go to college yeah full ride paid for you know wow. no, never had to pay a dime and the cool thing about people don't realize is when you get a, a scholarship to play division one football is they don't just also pay for your school, but they also give you like a, a $1,200 check like every single month to like live and eat and things like that. Plus they give like meal plans and programs. So you like, they're already paying for your yeah. food. And on top of that, like you get, you know, if you're poor, like I was like, you get the Pell Grant, FAFSA, things like that. So yeah. that's like an extra, you know, four grand every semester. So you were banking. And so <laughs> that's the problem with, uh, with the way the education system is set up and why I am so passionate as well is because yeah. I do the math and I could have walked away out of school with like 60K in my bank account. 60K, like legitimately, I could have had that much money within all of the money that I, I had, could have made all the money that I had from the Pell Grants and the stipends, et cetera. Um, but I ended up walking away with essentially like being in debt. Like that was what yeah. I ended up doing because I didn't, I was taking back the same principles that my parents had, right? Yeah. My parents were spenders. My parents were getting in debt, right? That's what they knew. So I'm a huge believer of what you learn from the ages of zero to seven, yeah. right? That is who you become. Your subconscious takes over and that operates 95% of the time. And when I learned that from my parents, it's like, you know, money is evil. You know, money's the root of all evil. Like you can't make it like, it's hard to build real wealth, like spend, 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 buy gifts. And that was a big thing about my mom is my mom would spend thousands and thousands um, of dollars on, on gifts, gifts, on gifts for like Christmas and stuff. And we didn't have the money. It was just, yeah. it was just, yeah. it just what brought her joy. You know, this is interesting. This is, I don't want to take away from your story. My parents had money and they didn't spend gifts. Like they didn't buy gifts for us. Like literally like Christmas, very little gifts, birthday, 80 bucks. 
it's just interesting. I didn't grow up in a house where we spent many gifts at all. And it's, it's interesting to me. Cause I do remember when we met at Starbucks, that was like a big part. You're like, my mom didn't have any money and she would like any money that she did had, or she'd go into debt in Christmas, like during Christmas. And it's crazy how different of an upbringing we had. Cause that's just like a foreign concept to me. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy. Did that, did you like when you were growing up in like high school, did you see, like, were you terrible with money in high school? So in high school, I was so focused on football okay. that I never even even fathomed what money really was at the time, right? Okay. Like I didn't I didn't do anything to do cars. I didn't go skiing. I didn't do anything. It was just football, football, football. You know, sports, sports, sports. So really, I didn't even think about okay. like, what is money at that time. Okay, okay. So then you hit you hit college. Your full ride. You're playing wide receiver. Yep, played wide receiver. And, and your goal is to get in the NFL. Yep, my goal is definitely to get in the NFL. I think. The crazy part about the statistics is majority of people if they get a division one scholarship is to go play in the NFL. Like that wow. is just that's that's statistically, I would say hundred percent of people that get a division one scholarship, they're like, My goal is to play in the NFL. But the problem with that statistic is there's fifteen thousand seniors every single year that are trying to play in the NFL. Yeah. Fifteen thousand. Of those fifteen thousand, only a hundred and fifty of them will play in the NFL for three years or more. So that's only 1%. And so if you think about it, it's like, well, these other ultimately 15,000 people, right? What are they going to do with their life after sports? Yeah. And that is the big issue with today's society, with the sports world. We we hype it up, we fame, fortune, all of this stuff, but we don't think about the back end of what it does to these kids with teaching them about life, money, you know, relationships, love. It's just all about football. And then all of a sudden they get thrown to the wolves and they don't know how to handle themselves. Yeah. I mean, you even made a comment. I was like, aren't other than professional athletes broke? And you're like, they're all broke. (laughs) And it's, and it's true. I mean, you, if you focus solely on one thing, um, we like to look at the few people that just are crushing it, the the Patrick Mahomes Mm -hmm. of the world, which awesome. Like, I love that, but you're totally right. The amount of people that are being worse off or being damaged because they put their whole life into something. And then, I mean, it doesn't take a uh, stats major to know that those, the the odds are not in your favor. And you could even potentially like you're, I want to walk through, like, even if you had a better quarterback, you, there's a lot of like things that were outside your control that Mm -hmm. like make or break you just depending on what team you're on. Yeah. And, you know, I want to bring back to what you're saying about uh, like the whole Patrick Mahomes thing, et cetera, et cetera. Right. It comes back to like you saying that you had a good childhood of teaching you about money, right? Yep. And I did not essentially, right? Like just yep. being point blank. So all of these athletes, including like myself and these other athletes, you know, just call it out is a lot of us that were minorities, right? We grew up in a very impoverished community, impoverished, you know, their parents didn't know nothing about money. So they're learning yep. from their parents and so on and so forth. So the cycle never stops. Yep. So when they get to that phase, it's the same concept, right? If everybody had parents like yours, yep. right? And taught them about money and they all chased the NFL and they made it to the NFL, it would be a lot of good being done instead of spending it on, you know, strippers, spending yep. it on, you know, diamonds, spending it on dumb investments, you know, yeah. all, all types of stuff, getting embezzled by, you know, yeah. their, their advisors. There's so many issues going on yeah. in that world that people don't see. All they see is, oh, this is fun. Like people are obsessed with the game of football. But they don't understand the politics, the stress behind the scenes. And there's so much going behind that people are unaware of. Right. So let's talk about, let's talk about your approach to school. So it's my understanding that you were a 4.0 student. Uh, let's talk about um, network marketing. Cause I think that was, let's talk about the pros and cons of that. I think there was some, like that's ultimately what put you on the path to us meeting. Mm-hmm. 
let's talk about football and let's talk about you meeting the love of your life. Let's do it. So <laughs> we'll go back to my grades, right? So actually in high school, uh, I was a pretty good student. So really? I, yeah. It's high school. I, I think I ended up with like a 3.9. Uh, is is that because you're ultra competitive or like how how did that happen? Um, school became uh, something that I don't think my parents really like, hey, like consistency of like doing your homework over and over. I like, yep. created discipline, good habits. Um, and then like there were certain subjects that I was rel relatively good at. Um, and my GPA kind of got boosted because I was in like higher AP. So if I get a C, it was like a B. If I got a B, it was like an A, so on and so forth. Mm. Um, but ultimately, like, yeah, I was a good student in high school, like, believe it or not. My first year of college, I was actually a pretty good student as well. I ended up with like a 3.5. Okay. So now where everything shifted is where we want to bring back, you know, this whole school thing in network marketing. So I got in contact with a company, uh, which was network marketing. And at the time I saw this and I was like, well, what is this? I've never seen this before. But they taught a vision of, of growth. They taught a vision of personal development and they taught a vision of community and changing your environment. So I got in I got in control of this book called Rich Dad Poor Dad, which I'm sure a lot of your listeners have listened or have read yep. before, right? Yep. That book changed my life, changed my financial future for forever. And so what ended up happening after I read it, I was like, yo, the stuff that I'm learning in school is so irrelevant to my future. <laughs> it's not even funny. Like yep. I I am not going to retain any of this, take it, grasp it, and then be able to run a business or, you know, grow or, you know, do anything of value. So what I ended up doing was I ended up taking these books, you know, like how to win friends and influence people, um, Jed poor dad, like all of these amazing books. And I would take them to class with me. So I'd be in economics class sitting there. And the only reason I'd go to class is because our coaches did, um, roll call, the roll call. Yeah. like they would check to see who was in class. Yeah. So I would be in there. And instead of looking up and taking notes, I would look down in my lap and I would read the books on business and development and, you know, growth, things like that. So that semester, I ended up getting like a 1.4 GPA. So I went wow. from like a 3.5 to a 1.4, all because of a mind shift that that was not what uh, was going to lead to my financial success. And does that, is that, could you actually continue to play at that? So that was, that was the problem, right? When people ask me all the time, like, hey, what are you going to school for? What are you going to school for? I always said my major is football, right? I'm majoring in football with the minor yeah. business. So if I wanted to play, I needed to get at least a 2.5. So my <laughs> advisor said, hey, you're not suspended this year this semester but if you do this again you will be suspended so i had to do everything i could in my power to get at least a 2.5 if i didn't i wasn't going to play so i i ended up graduating with like a 2.6 gpa um in college and you know from that moment on like after my sophomore year like i was a forever a bad student right right mariah makes a good point she says most athletes never have jobs in high school because they're playing sports um and so i mean that's obviously and then they go into college you don't have a job and so you a lot of times athletes can be more of a disaster they have the good work ethic but they've never have any sense of money management so i think that's a really good point mariah and i know um sometime she has a powerful story about her softball years and uh, i think she could talk a lot about college and softball and and that um let's let's talk about um going back to network marketing what you learned let's talk about the pros and cons it, i you were a jerk apparently I, I didn't know you but you were not the greatest human being so it obviously brought out some really good things I want to talk about that. And I want to talk about if you could go back, if you could go back to the person you were, some of the people that you had, like what you would do differently, because is my understanding hearing your story that you were not the greatest person of all time and how you treated people. Yeah. The problem with network marketing, right? The 
the con is it becomes kind of culty like, right? Yeah. And they like almost you become brainwashed and people think that that's the only way for success in life. And it's like that way or nothing. And so that's what happened to me being a fresh 18 year old student that was learning this system, right? And not everybody thinks that way, but when you first get into the world, like that's what it feels like. Right. And, and, I, and I just want to be yeah. fair because we have people that yeah. are in network marketing. It's, it's, it really depends on who is mentoring you. Don't you think? Because it's like there, I've seen some really cringy stuff. And I've also had the pleasure of being friends and like speaking and being part of organizations that are doing it well. And, and an example is if you go back to listen to my interview with Jamie Cross, she's actually starting a network marketing company and she talks about why she wants, like what she wants to do different, some of the bad raps, but the actual network marketing is a brilliant strategy. It's just, you're right. A lot of times you're like in this cult and you can't see the big picture. And so it, there's pros and cons to it for sure. I just want to, I just want to clarify that because uh, I know that there's people that listen to the Better Wall Show that are in network marketing and they're crushing it and they're doing it the right way. Yeah. And thanks for clarifying it too, because I feel the same exact way. And that's kind of what I was going to point to at the very end of okay. like what I really felt feel about it like to today. Right. And the problem was at that time was I got that like sense of, of cultiness from the people that were mentoring me. Right. And it was it was because of the product that we we're selling. It was like a travel product. And so it was like all about fun and excitement and like and I wasn't even traveling. So yeah. I was selling a product that I didn't really believe yeah. in. Um, mm -hmm. So ultimately what happened was my friends would come. I would show them it. And if they didn't want to join. And I was like, we're not friends no more. Like, wow. That was essentially like how wow. I was, was doing it. Right. So I wasn't treating it like a business. I was yeah. treating it like, hey, this is do or die. Like you're all in with me or you're not in. Like you, uh. don't, you don't believe in what I'm doing. Like I don't believe in you. Like that's essentially wow. what happened. Right. And so the the girlfriend that I had at the time, right, she ultimately did not like this concept at all because of the way that I acted, the people that were involved with it, the way that we acted. And so ultimately what ended up happening was because of the way I was acting and the way I was treating people, she ended up leaving me, right? Which is, you know, a blessing in disguise. I'm so glad that obviously happened, but you know, it destroyed me at that time because I was like, you know, had me reflect on like, well, like what was I doing to all these people? And if I could do it all over again, I would just treat them more like a business, right? I would actually treat it like a real life business because that's what it is. You are learning from the best people in the world, right? The people that are at the top that are, you know, leaders, they've been doing it for a long time. So well, person developed, amazing people, right? I mean, people that we had dinner with the other day, Darcy, I mean, yeah. she is such an amazing woman, yeah. like amazing woman. And she's a leader among yeah. leaders, right? Yeah. So there is- so I want to I want to have her on the show sometime. Un yeah. Unbelievable human being. We're grateful that she's part of the Better Wealth Nation. Yeah. yeah. So there are people that are doing it by the book the right way and teaching people how to do it you know, in a positive way and not do it like, Hey, you're either with me or not. Yeah. And if you're not, we're not friends. And how important is it to actually believe in what you do? A hundred percent. You have to believe. And that was honestly the biggest thing that made me come full circle back to better wealth. Right. Cause the entire life after sports, I don't fully believe that I was ever doing anything that I a hundred percent truly believed in and valued. And be before football, like football mm -hmm. was the only thing that I ever knew that like, I truly believed in a hundred percent. Like, truly like my passion, desire, my purpose. I just felt like I belonged, And I haven't really felt like that until I would say, you know, I really met you and that changed everything, which is why I'm so grateful for it. Because if you don't believe in it, you'll eventually fall out of love or you'll eventually fall out of like motivation, quote unquote, right. inspiration. And you're just eventually will quit. Yeah. I'm going to give a quick shout out to my friend, Connor Cook. If you're watching, love you, my friend, you guys need to connect. I will make that happen after the show. You guys both 
love the energy, love the mission. So uh, thank you so much for commenting. Okay, so let's let's talk about so I'm I'm spot on with what you're what you're saying as it relates to you're you're doing this, you get devastated. And it, did that turn everything when when sh your girlfriend broke up with you? Yeah, so I essentially like walked away from network marketing at that point. And I wow, told myself, just like just like because I was just depressed and I was laying on the couch. Like so, and you're playing football. Yeah, so I built this massive team of like 500 people. Like in the basement, it was just huge. I was doing presentations, like it was just crushing it. And then when she left, like I just got super depressed. Mm. And so all I did was lay on the couch and go to practice. Lay on the couch and go to practice. So I was like, well, the whole reason she left me was because of what I was doing. So I'm like, I'm done with this. And then I focused on myself. I focused on football and I focused on my faith. And that's why, like mm. that whole moment of my life honestly changed me like drastically forever the way i viewed life the way i viewed relationships the way i viewed who i was as a person and that summer was honestly the best summer of one of the best summers wow. of my entire life i ended up going to haiti i ended up you know speaking all over the state of wyoming talking about my faith i ended up going to uh south dakota i ended up going to arizona all being a leader of teaching yeah. young athletes how to you know, use their sport and faith together. So it honestly, it was just like a huge blessing, right? And I think that's a big thing that people don't realize is like that pain that you're going through, it's going to lead to something amazing down the road if you can fight through it, right? And right. that that pain we need to grasp onto and embrace it because we are going to become a better human being at the end of end of that pain. Yeah. Man, I love that. What what's one thing that you you told me that you want to do? And you said 50. I don't know why you chose the word age 50. But like, I think it talks a lot about who you are and your mission and why you fit so well with the BetterWell team. Yeah, so I don't know why I chose 50 either. It's a very arbitrary number. I think it's just going to give me enough time to, to be the man who deserves it, you know, creates the skills, creates the network, you know, yeah. who knows how to run that type of organization. But I want to be able to travel around the world to third world countries and build sports fields for kids. And this idea came up, came up when I was in Haiti. And so what we did was for six hours straight, we built this field where we scraped off the rocks. We built this chalk around it. And the second we were done, kids jumped on the field and they just started playing soccer. And you could just see the joy in their eyes of just like, we get to play soccer. Because before they weren't able to play because they didn't have shoes. They, none of them have shoes, right? I, I even went to a, a church every day when we were there. And we gave shoes away to everybody because they didn't have shoes, yep. right? So by them having the opportunity to run around on the dirt without rocks, they were then able to go play and have fun. And so from that moment on, I was like, yo, this is something that I want to do. This is my purpose. I want to be able to impact the world using sports and, you know, travel and impact these lives of these kids. It's super interesting because going to on missions trips, whether it's to India, Guatemala, and just like it totally changes you like you go you go in and you just go wow we have we are so blessed to be in america we are so blessed with just even like dude you grew up poor but you grew up poor in the united states of america and it's just like it, it really it's so cool because one of our like big time missions as a company and like we couldn't do it this year due to current events but like every single year our team is going to continue to grow and build uh, and do things overseas and it's interesting because it's like, yeah, I think we're going to be the ultimate benefit. I know for a fact we're going to be more changed than what we could do. What we could do to other people, whether it's build soccer fields, whether it's, I mean, I cannot wait for my interview with Dr. Tim Elmore to drop. Like he gave us permission to use the Habitudes curriculum to teach kids about uh, healthy habits and good attitudes and build up leaders, and like that just fires me up. And yet, I know I, I know you, I know our team is going to be more impacted 
by going over. So it's just, it's just super cool. I would encourage everybody to like go outside their comfort zone and do something like that. Cause I promise you, I promise you it will change your life. So let's, let's, let's transition to how you met the love of your life. Um, cause I think that's also a really cool story. Yeah. So <laughs> I know you were at my wedding, which I really appreciate. Um, you know, that says a lot about who you are as a, as a man and as a person. I was uh, playing the long game. Yeah. I, no, I, I, know I, I knew that it was like, if I show up to your wedding, there's a w- way bigger chance that you'll be on the team. I'm telling you guys, I'm very, I'm way more strategic than you think. I had, I had your name written down the moment I met you of someone that I wanted on the team. Mm, that's crazy. Yes. It's a divine thing for sure. Right. Yep. So I know as, as you know, at the wedding, right, the story is kind of funny of, of how it all, all worked out. But ultimately, we met each other at the University of Wyoming at school. And so this was about the time when I was going through this transition of, you know, network marketing was no longer a thing. My ex-girlfriend at the time broke up with me. Right. And I was like going through this like real personal development and like focusing on my faith. And through that process, right, I started going to the gym at, you know, the school, which was weird because I never was going there. But <laughs> Um, you know, I was on the track upstairs and all of a sudden this girl just runs right past me. And I'm just like, in my mind, like, oh my gosh. I was like, who is that? I was like, that girl looks like she's from Cali or something. I was like, she's, she is so bad. Like that's, that's my thought. She had this red hair at the time. I was just like, wow, I've never seen a woman like that in Wyoming ever. And the fact that you run, were you running too? No, I wasn't running. I was sitting down and she ran right past me. Okay. Cause this guy's quick. Just, just FYI, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so when she got to the door, right. Um, you know, me super bold, super confident, like that's just me. Right. So all of a sudden she gets to the door is about to, she opens it and she's about to walk out and I'm no longer about to see her. And I look at her and I yell, I say, yo girl, <laughs> just yell, yo girl, what up? And she like, looks back, like she has her headphones in, like, what the heck is this guy? And like, looks at me all creepy. And then, uh, she like, closes the door and like, um, I don't see her again. And uh, that was that story right there. Right. And so ultimately, um, through that process, like I never go out like ever because I was just so focused on my faith and football. But you know, one of my friends was like, Hey man, like, I know it's kind of been a while. Like, you know, your ex, you guys just broke it. Like it's been a while. So how about you go out, hang out with the guys, et cetera. And I was like, all right, this one time let's do it. And so I went out and she happened to be out and she was like the same person as me never goes out ever. But ironically, she kind of like broke up with her ex at the time too. So she went out, I went out and like we connected and we met. And so like, I got her number when we met that night and I was like, Hey, like, let's just be friends, et cetera. So I brought her to church like a couple weeks later. And from that moment on, like we were just friends, just, we were just friends. And that's kind of like what we did for a year. And after that, we ended up having class together and we had class together. Like that's when I started like getting closer to her because we helped uh, each other, quote unquote, study. Um, and I could go into a whole nother in-depth story about the whole studying thing on how we really connected and stuff. But, um, you know, I'll save it for another time maybe. But ultimately, like, that's how we met. We met through studying through a class that we had, business law. And uh, from there, that's all she wrote. Wow. Wow. And then, and then what happened after you graduated? You actually, your dream came true, correct? Is there anything else you want to talk about college as it relates to, to that? No, college, that's pretty... Uh, pretty in depth of, of most of it okay you have an insane i don't know what game it was but that like was a hundred yard dash or was it 80 yard, I, what, what was it yeah i mean it was an insane play because we were down and like we had like a minute left to go and we had to go like 88 yards or something insane and 
I catch the ball over the middle and I run it pretty much the entire way. And just like we win the game because of it. Wow. It was honestly one of the best moments of my entire football career. Like I just, that was crazy. Like it was insane. Even to look back and just see the fans like rooting for you, cheering for you. Yeah. And like knowing you changed the outcome of the game, like based off of one play, yeah. it was, it was surreal. And I think just so, so you know, there's a, there's a money principle there or LinkedIn or whatever. I think that's that I have some ideas about that, but we'll move on. So you graduate college, um, not graduating with a 4.0. Do you know your grade point average? Yeah, it was a 2.6 at the end of it. By the way, we don't ask that at Better Wealth. Just just noting. We do not care about your grade point average. Um, Obviously. So yeah. so you graduate. What happens next? So you graduate. Uh, well, theoretically, I didn't really graduate, but my time playing football was up, right? Because the time is like three and a half years that you're okay. there, that you get to play for, um, et cetera. So 2015... 2014 this is like my senior year 2015 beginning of that like i spend the first three months like training right and you have this whole thing called the pro day and the pro day is what you train for for like your biggest day of your entire career and that's kind of where the whole coffee story came into play of like how coffee affected me during that day oh, wow. right and so like i have it on linkedin about how that like that one decision that one small decision really changed a big outcome of like my entire football future um so ultimately like you know i don't perform the best during that day you know, so on and so forth. But I had a pretty decent college career, so I still got an opportunity to play in the NFL, right? So during the draft, I get picked up by the Atlanta Falcons. And, you know, during that time, you know, I get to, you know, be part of the team. I get to practice on the team, et cetera. But I never actually really get to play in a full game. And, like, before all the games, like, really start, like, I end up getting cut. Mm. And, um, you know, I, I end up pulling my hamstring while I was at camp and a whole bunch of other things as well. Like, it's 100 degrees, 95% humidity. I just wasn't prepared for that type of environment. Um, but the opportunity was incredible. I learned a ton. It was great to be around the, you know, the most impressive athletes in the world. And honestly, it didn't really matter how well I performed. The team was already so stacked um, that I really, I wasn't going to make the team no matter what. Like, oh, long wow. term. Did you know that when you come up or did you have like the mindset that you were going to make the team? No. And this comes back to the same principles of like when I was younger and when you were younger, right, you had guidance. Right? Yeah. I didn't have guidance. Right. So now when you're at the beginning of your football career, like I didn't have guidance of like, what do I do? Or where do I go? Like, what teams do I go to? I, I got an agent, but my agent was very inexperienced. And my agent was like on a whole other level of like saying like, oh, I got certain things that I got to do. So I'm not going to be there for you. But like, I'll be here if you kind of need me. And then like made up some stuff about his wife had some sickness and then come to find out later, like that wasn't the thing. Like it was just a very sketchy business. And um, it, it was just tough. Right. So I didn't have any true guidance. I was just figuring out on my own. Right. And that's another thing that I want to do is I want to be a light to these other athletes that are going through processes like that, because if nobody's there to teach them, how are we supposed to know? Right. And that's the same thing with our society. I can't blame people for not knowing anything about money. Like, how, how are we supposed to blame them for that? Like, nobody yep. was there to teach them these principles. So that's why it's so amazing what Better Wealth is doing is because we have a platform where we can teach these principles to people, regardless of your income level, regardless of your background. And that's why I love it so much. I love that, man. Okay. So anything about the NFL? Like you, did you get to meet, you know, any, any all-star players on the Falcons? Yeah. So, I mean, through the process, I, I get to practice and I get to play with like all these guys, like, you know, like Matt Ryan, Julio Jones at the time there was Rodney White, Devin Hester. Wow. Um, wow. I, I mean, there's, there's a, a pretty in-depth anybody that was on the roster 2015, right. That was the time where, you know, I got to connect and meet those and guys. Julio, Julio Jones. I mean, you could argue that he's, best wide receiver in the league 
Yeah, I would argue that he definitely is the best wide receiver in the league. I mean, he's six four, you know, two hundred twenty five yeah. pounds, runs a four three. His routes are just as good as anybody that's my size. He was literally like you were ble- you were born on this earth to teach people about finances. Yeah. He was born on that earth to play football. Like, yeah. no, hundred percent. Like that man is gifted beyond belief. Wow, wow. Okay, so your your identity up into this point is in football. Hundred percent. You get cut. What happens next? So my identity was wrapped around football, but it was also wrapped around Christ at the same time. Yep. So I had like this alter ego that was like back and forth, like, oh, I'm the greatest versus like, no, nah, like I'm humble, like Christ, like you're in yep. me, like this is for you, right? But deep down inside, like I knew like my heart was kind of becoming evil, right? I was like, yep. I'm playing this game for the fame, for the fortune, for people to love me, to call my name, right? And so ultimately like, I realize now to this day that I end up getting cut from the team and not making it to save my soul. Like if I would have wow. made it, yeah, it's 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 super in depth when I think about it now. I'm like, if I would have made the team and if I would have played for a long period of time, I could have gotten into a lot of trouble. Like a lot of trouble. Like I, I don't even want to talk about the trouble I could have gotten to, but it would have went down a bad path. I personally believe. So God is ultimately like, hey, like I'm saving you, mm-hmm. and I'm delaying your quote unquote success, and I have so much bigger, better things for me, right? Yeah. So I get cut from Atlanta. Um, they tell me like, hey, you're amazing. We want to bring you back, right? And ultimately, like I never get brought back though. And that's just the name of the game. They, they lie and they tell you all these things. They treat you like a piece of meat. But ultimately, like they have their ulterior motives in their background. So I decided to go play some like indoor arena football. You know, that's like yeah. what Lewis House played. Yeah. Um, so when he says like, I played professional football, like he didn't actually play in the NFL. He actually played arena football, which okay. is still professional football, which is, yeah. which is, which is great, right? Um, so I did that for a little while and I just realized I didn't enjoy it. So I left. You get paid at all for playing? Yeah, you get paid in arena, but it's not an, it's not nearly it, yeah. it used to be a ton of money back when like Kurt Warner was playing. Um, but like now there's like no money in it all and okay. like leagues are falling apart left and right. Okay. Um and that there are so many raunchy stories about being where I was at too. Like it's oh, that's a whole nother story we could talk about another day. And but, you're still dating. Yeah. Long distance. Yep. And that was that was another tough part of like why I had to let go of football is because I was traveling all over, like going to Atlanta, going to Nebraska, like yeah. going back and forth. Like it was so hard to be away from her at the time. Yeah. And like it was really, really hard for her. And I was like, Well, I need to essentially like let go of this game, right? So yeah. going full circle, right? Um, after I left Nebraska playing indoor football, I ended up going back to school, get my degree. Right. During that time I find rugby. And rugby was like, all right, this could be a good replacement for football. So I ended up playing football and I get invited to camp with Team USA for rugby. No way. Yeah. So, uh, you know, oh, I was man. always competing at a very high level for sports. Doesn't matter like what I did. Like I was always pretty decent at a sport. Right. So, and then I started doing the math. I was like, okay, well, you don't get paid any money really doing this rugby thing either. Like you pay like $2,000 a month and they take care of your food and they take care of your housing. Unless you're like huge sponsor names, which is yeah. very unlikely. Yeah. So I was like, okay. My body's broken. I'm broke. Like, I need to walk away from this like altogether. Like I need to stop p- pursuing professional Man. sports. There's so much stress behind it. There's so much politics. You now I'm being away from, you know, the love of my life. Like there's just so much behind it where I was like, okay, I'm going to walk away with a healthy body and um, like no brain damage essentially. Right. And be able to move on um, from that. So I ended up getting my degree uh, while I, uh, during that time. What was your degree in? It was in business. Okay. Um, it, it's really irrelevant is yeah. what I should say. What was your degree in? It was irrelevant. Right. But As you got the degree. I got, you got I the, got the degree in football. That's okay. what it really was. Okay. Like, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So that was, that was a process. Like I decided to let go of football, decided to let go of rugby and got my degree. And then um, that's when I moved on like around 2017. So. Okay. Okay. So you're, 
this is the teaser and whether it's a segment on the better wealth show, whether it's your own segment or whether it's your own podcast, we're still figuring that out, but you have this theme called the game goes on. Mm-hmm. Why don't you unpack that? I think it's obviously it's people can understand it not knowing your story. It's like you had all these, you had all these dreams and expectations and hopes didn't happen. The dream goes on what, or the game goes on. Talk, unpack that for a second. Yeah, so the game goes on is a concept that takes athletes' stories and experiences and talks about how they made it to where they're at playing their sport and then what it was like when they made their transition after sports. Because what a lot of people don't realize is that when people are done playing a sport, they just become depressed, yep. they become lonely, they have no more community. And the reason being is because they wrapped their whole life, their identity around this one concept, right? For me, like since I was two, two to twenty two to 23, like that was everything I ever wanted. That's, that's all I knew. So when it was done, it's like, well, what now? Like, yeah. What's what's next in my life? And I'm starting to realize now more and more, like it's not just athletes, yes. it's people that are in the military, right? It's people that are, you know, from the jail, like they go into the real world, the people that are retiring, people that are becoming, you know, um, their kids leave the house, right? There's just so many yeah. transitions in life that really rock people's world. And so the whole concept of the game goes on is it's starting off right now. It's, it's I've interviewed a ton of athletes to pick their brains and say, all right, what did you learn from sports? Right. What was your story? Were you depressed? Were you not like, how did all this happen? And then take the principles that they learned from sports and then see like, okay, well, how'd you become successful yeah. now in the real world? Like you yeah. learn discipline, you learn leadership, you learn grit, you learned all these things from sports and now you take it and now you go pursue something of value in the real world. And that's kind of what I wish I would have learned beforehand before I left sports is like, Hey, I, I have all these skills. Like let's kind of cultivate them and like prepare myself for the, for life after. So it's really just a community based show slash concept that lets people know like, Hey, there's hope. There's other people that are going through the same thing as you, right? Cause you feel like you're all alone. And the toughest part is in sports, like everybody wants to know who you are. They want to know your name. Like you're, um, you're on the throne. People are going in your DMS telling you you're amazing. And when it's over, Nobody cares. No one cares. No one cares no more. Like they don't like, what are you doing for me now is essentially the concept within yeah. sports. And so all these athletes, they, they deal with that. And you know, for me, it was easier because I had Christ, but I still was dealing with a lot of that struggle. So yeah. that's why there's a lot of these athletes that do end up like committing suicide and pulling the trigger because they are dealing with so much of like identity crisis at that point. So let's talk about what you do after. And before I just want to give a quick shout out to Matt, uh, Matt Sanford said hi on YouTube, Matt, actually, we need to get him on live talk about his transition when and just how he found out about what we do and just and now actually helping other people to do the same so matt thank you for watching and 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 uh, saying hi um so let's talk about you you got out you could have done anything what what are you what what then happens like how do you get into where you were then ultimately that's what got us connected and i know you did a little bit of real estate a little bit of insurance how did you get into that world yeah. So it's funny because I never would have thought like, this is where I would be at, but it's funny because God's like, no, nah, like I got plans <laughs> for you. Right. So like, I actually thought I was going to be my own gym owner. Like I yeah. thought I was going to, which makes sense by the way. Like we got a Greek God <laughs> right here in our midst. <laughs> so because I thought I was going to be a gym owner and I was like, well, let me figure out how to you know run and operate a gym. So I mentor, I mean, I interned for a guy who was the Bronco strength and conditioning coach right now. Wow. So I learned under him, learned his principles, learned his techniques, learned all of that, right? Saw what he did. And I did that for like three months and realized through that process, like I didn't enjoy it the way I thought I was going to, right? And so that's a a huge principle that people need to 
you know, go out there and just for the younger generation specifically, like, hey, I don't know what I want to do with my life. Like, I don't know what I'm passionate about. Just go try things, right? Just try things, try things. And then eventually you'll realize what you do and don't like. And eventually it'll come like, oh, like I really love this. And then that's kind of what takes over. And that's really what happened with me, how I met you ultimately. Um, so from there, like, all right, since I don't like being this gym owner, like, what am I always thinking about? And I, the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that I thought about, like, kind of made the whole transition for me of like money and how it works. So I was always doing research on the side of how money worked, right? What does it do? Like market, stocks, bonds, like all this stuff. Right? And I had this time, I had no idea of the end mm. asset. And I, I don't even know how you could even find this information. Like it's yeah. almost like a hidden secret. Like yeah. it's insane to think about. Right. So I'm like, all right, well, I know I want to be an entrepreneur. I know I need to get the skills of an entrepreneur. So I'm going to start going door to door selling lawn care service because I, I, you know, if I can knock on a hundred doors and I can get a couple people to say, yes, I'll get used to networking. And Robert Kiyosaki and Jamie Foxx are huge advocates for uh, going door to door because it, it helps build up that character and hearing no a bunch of times. And, yeah. Um. So I did that for a little while, and then a company that reached out to me at the time was, um, uh, a a home and auto uh insurance company. Okay. Right? And they said, hey, like, would you like to essentially work with us? And I was like, well. I don't really want to do that industry. Like I want yeah. to be a financial advisor. Yeah. Right? But, oh, nobody, interesting. but nobody would want me to be a financial advisor at the time because I was like fresh out of school, like had yeah. no real job experience. So ultimately like me throwing my resume out there, this home and auto company was like, yeah, like let's do that. Right. So I partnered with them. But the reason I really partnered with them is they told me I could get my series six license. And because I was like, all right, well, that's what I want to do. Like I'm going to partner with them, get my series six and then go work for a huge company like Northwestern Mutual or New York Life or something like that. And so through that process, like I started realizing the, the power of passive income through home and auto insurance. And I was like, well, I think I'm just going to go do this whole thing on my own. Right. So I ended up like doing that and selling like home auto, like life insurance, et cetera. And, you know, through that whole process, it was like fast forward two, three years later, like I'm networking for that ultimately. And I run into you. And so right. here we are, bada boom, bada bing. Wow. Wow. <laughs> there's, and th obviously there's a lot more and I, we don't want to bore bore the audience just on all the ins and outs but you i mean you dealt with commercial property and casualty which is essentially like wherever you are i mean why don't you give the the quick garrett gunderson style like why understanding proper insurance is important because that's not exactly what we do but when you come on board at better wealth we look at everything and a part of efficiency is making sure that everything that you have as far as insuring your home your auto and other things our proper, um, we're ultimately looking into getting into having a side, like having a part of that be better wealth. Um, and right now we're just focusing, but like real big picture, if you had to give someone like a two minute overview on like how to really understand that you're proper insured, but not overpaying on insurance, how, how does that work? Yeah. So when people think of insurance, the first thing they originally think about is like protecting your property. So yep. like your actual um, home, your auto, your business, like things like that, like the physical property. But the thing nobody realizes that is a huge piece of every insurance is the liability piece. And liability is a huge piece that gets undervalued, but really, in my opinion, is the most important piece because it protects your financial future. Right. right? So if ultimately, if like I'm driving down the street and I slip through ice and I hit this family of five, right? I crush them. Just they can't go to work. They can't, um, they can't eat. They can't do anything like on their own. Like they have to get help from other people and they can't um, like survive. So where does this money come from? Well, the person that hit him is the one that's liable for it. So if that person doesn't have proper coverage, what ends up happening is they end up getting sued. 
right? And it comes it, after everything. They come after everything, every yeah. single thing that the person has. And if they don't have the proper coverage, then they'll start taking the assets away. They'll start taking the, you know, their money in their mutual funds, their stock, like their home, the equity, like everything that they have, they'll take. And if they don't have enough assets to protect or to liquidate from, they'll start garnishing your wages at the same time. Which is why, like, you know, the and asset is cool because it's kind of protected in <laughs> Um, yeah. from stuff like this too, which is just another cool benefit that the Andes has. So let's talk about we meet Starbucks. I give you my book, give you a pretty charismatic overview on why the Andes will change your life. And you, I mean, you you said some really cool things. We stayed in touch, obviously, to get an invite to your wedding. Like it, you weren't a stranger. Um, but what made you, I mean, you on the background did a whole lot of research, like went down the rabbit hole in multiple areas. And, and then, you know, now, now where you're at, like, you're not just coming on, like, for, like you are, you know what you're talking about because you, like, you're not only practicing this, but you're like, you, you've learned from so many great people. So obviously in, in a few minutes, why the and asset, why better wealth? I know you kind of opened it up with what you're really impressed with, with better wealth, but like, why do you feel so strongly about the pro how we think about money and like what was like the big aha moment in this year journey that you've been on yeah and uh, the funny part is is i actually was in a life insurance agent right the th one thing that i sold all the time was iuls right <laughs> and iuls was like the thing that i just love and was obsessed with and i sold a lot of these policies and ultimately like through the process of like learning and educating myself and being open-minded I realized that the IUL wasn't necessarily the best product for 99% of the people. And so after like diving into your book, it was like, oh, okay. And then so I started diving into the people you were interviewing on your podcast. So then I got into like Garrett Gunnarsson stuff. And then I got into like prosperity uh, stuff. And then I started getting into like the next person, next person, next person. I just started listening like, wow, like the most successful people in the world, including large banks and corporations and Walt Disney and you know, the Rockefellers, all these people are using this concept. Well, why not just follow the money? Like, why not just follow what everybody else has done for hundreds of years? Yeah. Like, why try to reinvent the wheel with something that we have are so uncertain about what it, what it holds, right? So from that, I just like, and, and, you know, and it's not something you learn overnight. And that's the one thing people need to understand. It's like, you can't learn the and asset in one day, two yeah. days. Like, it's a long life learning principle, right? And that's why I love Better Wealth and you putting out content all the time because you're really changing lives. Like, Thank you. you change yeah. my life, right? I just, you're changing thousands and thousands and thousands of life with the content you're producing every day, every day, because you can't get this stuff anywhere. Like, how was I in the industry selling IULs? And I didn't even know this was a thing. And now that's the thing that, I have other conversations with other advisors and they don't even know that this is a thing. Like yeah. I say, you ever heard of infinite banking? They're like, well, what's that? And they're like, uh, uh, I just, yeah. like, I'm like, what? How do you not know that? Right. And I'm like, empathize with it because I didn't know either. Right. And so it's a very interesting concept. Um, well, and let's, let's, thing. let's talk a little bit about this. When we use the term infinite banking, infinite banking has very interesting rap mm -hmm. definition because I think a lot of people are teaching it wrong. They think that there's something magical about this whole concept, but uh, essentially it's reason why life insurance gets a bad rap is most people in our industry want to um, bad mouth everything, but their product. Mm. So they come across super not authentic. They're just like, everything else is awful. Life insurance is your solution. And I just remember thinking that I'm like, you know, just like I would say that nobody comes wealthy just by putting your money in, in mutual funds. I think I could confidently say no one's going to become wealthy just by putting your money into life insurance. I'll stand by that statement all day long. Okay. Agreed. It's 
what you do with it. Mm-hmm. Now, so infinite banking, the, the reason I, I just want to go on record for saying this, because I cannot tell you how many people put me in a camp and just put words in my mouth. And I've learned firsthand getting taken out of context. Um, but infinite, where people go wrong with infinite banking is they think that you're number one, the bank, which you're not. Number two, they think you're borrowing your own money, which you're not. And number three, they think there's something magical about borrowing your money and buying whatever, which you can become worse off Mm -hmm. for buying dumb stuff. And there's nothing magical about using a policy or borrowing from yourself, which you're not borrowing against policy to go buy something. We have to understand the cost of capital. We have to understand asset-based activities. We have to understand some of those things. And I'm, I mean, this, this channel, we are committed to upping the education. You're going to see Dom's videos. You're going to see my videos. You're going to see Jeremy's videos. Like we are going to be the one-stop shop, not just talk about this strategy, but elevate the game across the board. Um, so I just want to go on record. You said that I, I just, I'm, I'm seeing more and more bad information and it's, it's more about the mindset. People want a quick wit fix. They want to like, they really don't want to be a student like you and I, like they, they just want to sell something. I'm telling you, beware, 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 beware of people that are just selling you something that don't actually understand how money works. Not necessarily how the answers were, you know, what the answer should be, but like how money works. So just, just that. So, um, yeah, man, I, I, unbelievable. Yeah. And that's why I love the fourth principle here at Better Wealth. Like you teach people how to use it, right? Yep. And people aren't teaching that. The biggest thing is the reason I said infinite banking as the word is because that's like, the huge word that everybody knows of when they think of the concept. Yeah. There's no really way to really explain if I say overfunded whole life, they're going to yeah. be like, well, obviously like, right. So the reason I used infinite banking was because it's the one word that everybody uses, but you know, that word use, like how do we teach people how to actually use their money is such a concept that when I was in that space, being an advisor with the other company, it was like, I would sell them a product and then I would leave them alone. Right. I, yeah. I feel so bad because I even have clients. So to this day that have currently have IULs that I am not there coaching them, not teaching them. They just have this product. And it's like, well, what are they ever going to use it for? Like, who are they going to contact when they need to use it? And that's why I love better. Well, so much yeah. you have coaches, you have the team, like you're teaching people how to be a lifelong learner and how to use this product, like down the road for lifelong, you know, everything really. So let's talk about talk about one three things. Um, number one, um, what are your what what are you doing here? What's the goal? Better wealth. Like, what's this next year going to look like for you? Yeah. So the goal here at Better Wealth is to you know obviously the title is Better Wealth Coach, right? So to help people become clear on if one they're a good fit for um, partnering with Better Wealth, and then also helping guide them through a process to paint the picture of what we do here at Better Wealth and how they can then take the next steps in moving forward with us. I just also want to give uh, Caleb Holland a shout out. This kid is on fire. Keep a watch for him. He's doing some really cool things in the real estate space. And I want to connect you to you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Caleb, if you're watching, shout out to you and congratulations for having the greatest name. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So hundred percent better wealth coach, take someone through the process and you're, I mean, the assessment literally, if you're like, what assessment go to betterwealth.com go check out our assessment and 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 take advantage of the guided assessment that we're offering everybody. Like this is something obviously if you're a member of Better Wealth this is what you, it's included. Like you have a Better Wealth coach, you we model everything, but if you're not like just like we 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 want you to see what's possible 
And we don't like the reason we talk about the assessment and and the four principles is this more than just a product or a strategy. It's taking a holistic approach and saying everything should be modeled. We should have clarity through efficiency and like just totally dominate because we know how money is used. Um, the second question that I have is um, how can people reach out to you? It's my understanding that you now have the greatest email of better. I'm like salty. I'm like semi salty about this whole thing. Um, so how can people reach out to you and what can we expect as far as content goes uh, from you this next year? Yeah, so Dom at betterwealth.com, right? It's just catchy, just rolls off the tongue. Yeah, I mean, he has, a, he has a cooler email than mine. So Dom, so D-O-M at betterwealth.com. Um, do do me a favor and, and if you're watching this or you're listening to this, make sure to give, give Dom uh, some love. And uh, yeah, dude, that's awesome. Yeah. So one, that email, it's obviously, you know, the best email on the planet. Uh, two, uh, LinkedIn. Uh, yeah. LinkedIn is where I am at heavily. Uh, just type in my name, Dominic Rufran. You're going to see a lot of content on there regarding a lot of these principles that we teach here at Better Wealth, um, along with a bunch of other stuff on personal growth and development. And then also the podcast, The Game Goes On, right? And I took a little break from that. I would say like a month just to reflect on, you know, making the transition on, you know, coming to better wealth, et cetera. But now that I'm here at better wealth, like, you know, episodes for the podcast are going to probably come out like once or twice a week now on top of the LinkedIn and then obviously being part of your stuff. So I love it, man. For it. And you know, that this question is coming, but I end all of our interviews with the legacy question, meaning if this is your last day on earth, you were with me, <laughs> our team and your wife <laughs> um, and your family, what would you share with them on the experiences of what you learned? If you had one last conversation, what would you want to make sure to pass on? So, the biggest thing that I would love to pass on to people is having a purpose and a passion is the most important thing that you can have to live a high quality intentional life, but doing through doing that through something larger than yourself. And so for me, like that is Christ. And so like, I would love to just tell people about Christ, but obviously people aren't going to grasp that concept right away. So I'm leaving it with people like, hey, if like, if you don't know Christ, like get to know Christ because he will change your life forever. So that's like the main thing that I want to walk away from this earth from is like teaching as many people as possible about who Christ is and how it impacted me so that they can feel some of the same joy that I had. I love it, man. And you live that out. And one of the things that we do here at Better Wealth is help you be intentional with your money so that you can show up more powerfully, that you can live intentionally. And, and like, regardless of what that is, I think we can all agree that intentional living is so, so, so vital. Um, I, I'm going to sneak in one more question. How do you define better wealth in your own work, uh, in your own language? Better wealth is just the thing about better wealth is there's nothing like it. In my opinion, you cannot describe better wealth or compare better wealth to anything on this planet. And the reason I say that is because better wealth is super intentional about living a higher quality of life, not just in finance, not just in health, but in your whole world, right? So health, wealth, relationships, everything, right? It's focused on helping you be happier. And that's why it just fits my value system. It just yeah. fits everything who I am as a human being. And that's why I love Better Wealth is because the value of the company matches my value system of being a happier individual by living a higher intentional quality of life. And that's what we do here and not just teaching money, people about money. And, and I will just say this, if you're still listening to this and watching this, I interviewed Dave Meltzer and his whole mission is to see a 1 billion people be happy. And it's a remarkable interview and he just unpacks what you are doing in, in, in an insane way. So thank you so much for listening to Better Wealth Live. Welcome to the team, my friend. I'm excited to impact a million people um, with your help. And I'm so grateful that you're in my life. 
so grateful for all of you guys that listen um, and and just truly help us get this word out. I so appreciate you. And so if you haven't checked out betterwell.com, check it out. Give us feedback. We're constantly trying to improve the game. And as you can see, we're constantly bringing amazing A players on the team. Take care. Have a great Friday. And we're, or whenever you're listening to this, have a great weekend, great week. And um, go, go make sure to live intentionally and serve one person um, today. Thank you so much for listening to the Better World Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.